Hello, everyone. Hello. <clears throat> now, I'm assuming we're all here tonight to get something. Would I be right in saying that? It's interesting, way back, we often used to say quite a lot of years ago now that when we used to attend church, we would go with a kind of a confident expectation that God was going to do something and that we were going to feel something and we were going to learn something and that we were going to really receive something from whoever was speaking or the music. Um, and sometimes we can look back on things that we've said in prior years and and because you do like, it's interesting that Jenny would say what she said earlier about moving on and we'd be, it, like, we have a new face to things and we now have developed and we've come to a greater understanding of lots of different things. But actually, that doesn't necessarily mean that some of the things that we used to say are actually wrong. It just means that we now understand it a little bit clearer of what it was we were actually meaning. So let me put it this way. If you have come to the Rock of York tonight with an intent to receive something, everything that you have heard and listened to and seen so far will have connected with that desire and that intent. It's interesting, Chris often says, um, it's just amazing, like, you know, I, I, I'm speaking tonight and Ant got up and did a welcome that tied in and then Beth got up and said this and the video linked and the music. That isn't just chance, that is actually, we have put out an intent that everything seems to then, and a sound that has come together to create what it was that we actually wanted to see expressed in the physical. Does that make sense? Now, on the other hand, we also have the flip side of the coin. Some of us tonight might have come simply out of a habitual practice. It's what we do every week. And again, that's actually okay. We all have habits. We all do things. We have routines that we stick with. However, if we haven't actually really set all that much of an intent to get anything and we're just coming because we just come, you'll, you'll be here and you probably won't necessarily go away with anything tonight that gives you any greater depth of understanding of who you are or this great thing that we call the kingdom of heaven. Now you could say, well, that's a bit harsh. It's not really harsh. It's simply just the choice that we make and our intent and how we set our minds of what we want to receive. Is, is, does that kind of make some sense? So really what I'm asking you right now is that we all take a deep breath and we all ask for what it is we want to receive. Are you wanting to get something? I want to get something and I'm bringing the message, but I definitely, while I'm speaking what I'm saying, I want to have a greater, deeper revelation of who God is. And I really, really sincerely hope that tonight you also get that experience and you go out of those doors or go and eat your burger with a different understanding than you came in with. Does that make sense? Great. So let's start. I've got about 29 slides. So let us begin. <laughs> So, we're going to start with a science lesson. Is that all right? Do you like my little picture? Quite cool, isn't it? Okay, so, through modern science, we now understand that everything in the universe moves and vibrates. Everything is vibrating at one speed or another. Quite a few of us have mentioned it, this whole thing of subatomic particles. Nothing ever rests. Sound is vibration. Light is vibration. You are vibration. Everything you see around you is vibrating at one frequency or another, wobbling, yeah. It's exactly the same as you. Yeah, the only reason you can hear something is because of the vibration. The only reason you can see me stood here now is because of the vibration of light that allows that to go into your eyes and therefore you see me. Yeah, make sense? Okay. Now, look at the next slide. Next. Now this, I think, is so exciting, right? The only reason you can see a red sky, right, when you look into the, into the sky, is because the light is operating at the longest wavelength and the lowest frequency. So it, you see it as red, okay? If you could put the next slide up, please. The only reason you can see the sky as violet is because the light is operating at its shortest wavelength and at the highest frequency. Just that's really cool. It is pretty cool, that, isn't it? Yeah? Now, I hope these slides help. Sometimes it's good to have a visual, isn't it? You know, you kind of get something into your head. Right, so the next one. A healthy environment exists at a higher, higher vibration where there is lots of air and sunlight 
things will thrive. The opposite, bacteria and unhealthy microorganisms will only be able to, to thrive in cold, damp, and dark, which is a lower vibration, okay? Next slide, please. <laughs> Did you know that stress causes people's energy vibration to operate at a much lower speed than a happy person, which is why stress is the biggest cause of illness? Science. I'm not giving you anything that all the top scientists out there know. I just think it's sometimes good for us to know how these things work. Okay? Next slide, please. Why are we told to drink lots of water? I'm just drinking lots of water. I'm just making sure I practice what I preach. Because the levels of oxygen in water increase the vibrational energy in the body, allowing the body to stay well. So we're not just, they're not just telling you because it gives you good skin, you know. That's kind of the cosmetic side. It actually is doing your body a world of good because it's actually increasing the speed that your body's vibration functions at, which keeps away ill health. Now, next slide. That is a nightclub, by the way. <laughs> right. I really want an, anim an animated one here with like douche, douche, douche. But, um, have you ever wondered why different music makes you feel different ways? People, not necessarily, I'm, I'm not going to make this as a judgment, but younger people generally prefer the louder, bit, louder deeper bass rhythms, i.e. kind of club-style music. And as you get older, people prefer more of a lighter sound, and it's actually to do with the vibration that your body is functioning at. Same with sound. When you are feeling unhappy, you will find a sound that connects with how you feel. So if you are feeling utterly down in the dumps, you will find a song that matches. Yeah. It's not just a song, you know. You thought you just thought you'd found a song that you liked. But I'm telling you, that song is matching the exact frequency of where you are in your head. Wow. It's quite cool, that, isn't it? Yeah. Right. You have heard people say... We are not on the same wavelength. Have you heard that before? Have you all heard it? Yeah? How cool is that picture? What does it mean? We say it a lot. We do say it a lot. It simply means that you're operating on a different vibrational frequency as the person that you're talking to. It's really not that complicated. Basically, they think and feel different to what you think and feel, and therefore, it's kind of like just doesn't really match, that's all. So let's have an example here. I don't have a picture for this, I'm really sorry. You can turn the screen off a second. So, take the radio for example. If you tune into Minster FM, right, expecting to hear Capital FM, you will be very disappointed. Because to hear Capital FM, you would need to tune into this channel, am I right? Yeah. Right? We must also acknowledge that just because you have decided to tune into Minster FM does not mean that Capital FM is not also happening at the same time. It exists, am I right? Capital FM will always be there playing 24-7 whilst you continue to listen to Minster FM, right? It simply means I won't experience that channel as long as I'm tuned into Minster FM. Is this clear? Good. We also live in a world where, and I think this is incredible, we talk a lot here about freedom and the fact that it's, in Galatians it talks about the glorious freedom that, that we've been given. That basically means freedom. Proper freedom. Do you hear me? I'm not talking about the freedom that we've been taught where, no, no, it's freedom with terms and conditions and small print. I am talking about you are free to choose whatever it is you want. And you're thinking, you can't say that. You are. Now, if we are in alignment with this incredible thing called the kingdom, our choices will look somewhat different. But that's ultimately what we are trying to figure out in all of this, is how do we get to that point? I'm sorry, I strayed there. I just felt like I needed to put that across. Now, in freedom means that we can choose to experience anything that we choose or desire. Therefore, we have a thing called contrast. Okay? 
Ant said it wonderfully about the Bible. You only get that Jesus came to reveal something really significant because people didn't get what was before. So if everything had been fine and dandy and all cool and no one had any problems or whatever, and then Jesus came on the scene, to some degree, there would have never been any need for it anyway because everybody only knew one frame of thought. The reason why we read what Jesus taught and get so excited about it is because what he's doing is he's changing the sound. Does that make sense? He's creating a contrast to what was. True love cannot be verified in the absence of freedom. We've heard that also. Now, unless you are given a right to have contrast, you can never figure out what it is you truly want. So if you're forced to be joyful, then to some degree you don't know whether you really want to be joyful or not. You just told you have to be joyful. To be honest, the, the historic church was like that. You were forced to think and feel a certain way, given absolutely no opportunity to think, well, I don't even know whether I'm enjoying this anyway because I'm just being told this is what I have to feel. Whereas... Actually, and this comes down to good parenting again, if children were maybe allowed to explore a little bit and talk about their explorations and not feel so unsafe in finding out who they are, then maybe they'd get to the point that they needed to be rather than us bounding them up under all of these laws that didn't give them the chance to actually find out what goodness and life actually means. Does that make sense? So you'll only know if you prefer him... him We'll try again. Not enough oxygen, I'm just going to drink some water. You will only know you prefer Minster FM if you are allowed to also listen to Capital FM. Okay? I think it's the sound of this house. We allow people to listen to other sounds if they wish. Okay? Now, it might do you good, it might not do you good, but it's your entitlement to do that, and we hope that ultimately the sound of this house will be something that then you actually choose from choice, not from being forced. And I actually would like to say thank you to all of you being here tonight, because I believe that your intent and your heart is truly for the vision of this house, and I'm grateful that you are here. I am grateful that you are here tonight. And I really do hope that what you hear inspires you. So the variety of options that we are, we are allowed to choose enables us to focus our intentions on that which it is we truly desire to see. Now, I'll be honest, there's a particular channel on TV that I watch um, that when I watch it, I realize it's not what I want to be. Contrast. I have a right to tune in. I tune in and I see, okay, actually, I'm, it's not what I prefer, but... I also get the right to watch at the same time, but it's not what I would want to align myself with. And I wouldn't want to stay tuned in for very long. I decide to flip back to the channel that I match with and actually that I feel comfortable with. So, practical example. Can I have the next slide, please? Right. Claire, are you ready? Some of us here today are wondering why in the midst of our sadness and depression, hear me, whilst calling out to God, we still feel depressed. Sadness, unhappiness, calling out to God, but still feel unhappy and sad. Okay. If God, beautiful smiling child, is on God FM 127.5, and depression and unhappiness is on Sad FM 118.7, then you are not going to experience the realities of what God FM is going to offer. Okay. Did you hear me? If you're tuned into Sad FM with a face like that, that's available. But if you decide to stay tuned into Sad FM, that'll still be a face. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, just a good visual. I sometimes look like that, actually, when I get mad. <laughs> Did Jesus not say the kingdom of God is within you? Did he? Yeah. He said the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is within you. So therefore, if it's within you, it's there. It's operating alongside Sad FM, Capital Minster, it's there. The 
the question is, which one do you want to tune into? I picked that just because I thought, doesn't that look free? Yeah. yeah. My desire is that we become people who feel like that. It talks in, in, in scripture about the wide open spaces of something, something, something. I'm not even going to try and act like I know what it says because it says something about wide open spaces. And all I know is that wide open spaces is a good thing. You don't feel claustrophobic. What did I say earlier? In wide open spaces, air and sunlight get to it and the vibration is so high that things thrive. Okay, I believe that the kingdom of heaven is right there, which I'm going to clarify as we move along. Is this making sense? I know I say that, but I just hope it's nice and clear for you. So, the kingdom of God, which is one of well-being, joy, contentment, forgiveness, health, and life, one that says before you even ask is already done, exists within every human life. The moment they are conceived, the kingdom of God dwells within that cell. It's quite massive, isn't it? The kingdom of God dwells within every living being. Now, like I said earlier, we can't be forced because if not, there'd be no contrast and we actually would never really know whether it was the kingdom that we really want, desired to tap into. So the kingdom, God FM, is there waiting for you to decide whether that's the frequency that you wish to tune into. If we didn't have a choice, we'd be puppets controlled by this all-powerful deity that says you will do and pick and choose what I tell you you can pick and do and choose. And in effect, we aren't really living things. We are just living robots that really, there's actually really no point in any of it at all because we're not really given a chance to experience life. Life is about experience, right? But you see... We stay tuned into where we are, somehow believing that God will magically come across, down, however you want to say it, and rescue us from that which we are experiencing, but fail to realize the realities of this goodness can only be made tangible when you decide that you want to tune into that different frequency. He's not going to impose himself upon you. He is. I am that I am. He doesn't need to do anything because it already exists. It simply is a decision from our part, is that the frequency that we desire to listen to? So, would you agree that as people we struggle? I would say we do. And I think the whole concept of grace and mercy and kindness is from a God who understands that because of the way the world has formed its brain and made it so small, that we would somehow lose sight of this incredible thing called the kingdom, that Jesus came 2,000 years ago to give people's head a check, to say, are you aware that you have totally missed what was there from the start? Like Chris said, it's always been there, you just have to turn over the rocks. I've lost my place. See, I get going. So, <clears throat> firstly, through contrast and our right to choose, we get to a place where, and some of you will agree with this, that we are struggling with where we are. We don't feel joyful, we don't feel content, we don't feel forgiven, we don't feel well-being, we don't feel happiness. We feel very unsettled with our existence. Would you all agree? Yeah? Now, in understanding that that's what you're feeling and knowing that God FM exists on this other channel, that is, all you have to do is turn the knob and switch over to the other side. It really is that simple. So we know we are not experiencing that which we want. So what do we do? This is the problem. Rather than simply connecting with what already is and watching it become a manifest reality in our lives, what do we do? We say, I don't have enough. Can I have the next slide up, please? I don't have enough. I am in lack. Things are not working for me. They have a better life than me. It's not fair. Am I right? Now, as we confess these things, in effect, we stay tuned into the very place where we don't want to be. Because actually, you see, all of these things here, can we go back, sorry? 
all of those things are operating on a particular vibration. They match SAD FM. Yeah? So if we continue to feel this way, and again, hear me, this is no judgment because I get there as well. It's wonderful, it's simply a choice that we've decided and things have happened that have made us feel a certain way, but that matches the very channel that we're actually not wanting to be on anymore. So all it does is justify that actually this is probably the best channel for me because this is how I feel. So we stay on Sad FM. There's lots of different FMs, by the way, but I've just picked that one as a, as a contrast. Sometimes we think that somehow focusing and thinking about the lack so much that it will push it away. Like, what if I just like, think about it, it'll like, somehow magically disappear. But what you don't understand, the more you focus on the problem, the more the problem will become a, an experience for you. Because the only thing that you can see in your life is that which you are declaring is the problem. Does that make sense? You all know because we all do it. All of us do it. Happened on the stage in practice before we started tonight. And here I am preaching this message. And Connie's nudging me going, remember positivity, bring your thoughts into alignment. Because I'd sent her a text earlier on saying the same thing. And it's true, isn't it? How easily we get out of whack and, and, and we actually start stating the very things that are bothering us, but it makes it just even more of a, of a problem. I hope this is clear. The more we focus on the problem, the more we will see the problem. <clears throat> it's interesting, it should say, <laughs> I love this, and I said this to Jenny this week, um, do not be deceived, God will not be mocked. I was, that scripture used to terrify me, God will not be mocked, almost as if he sat there like thinking, I'm not going to be messed around, if you make a choice, I'm going to make sure that you get what's coming to you. Reaping what you sow was not, a, was not a pleasant thing to me. It was something to be petrified of, right? I spoke about it the other week. The law of the spirit of life and the law of the spirit of death. I've got the scripture here. Um, where is it? Somewhere along. Proverbs 18 verse 21. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Um, and those who love it will eat its fruits. That changed words wise would mean if we declare lack, we will eat lack. If we declare goodness and positivity, we will eat goodness and positivity because in effect, what we are giving off is what the harvest will be. So reaping what you sow is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing because actually what it's saying is you can also reap a wonderful harvest from the goodness that you put out just as much as you're reaping a harvest from the sadness. It's really not that bad. It's actually saying that we have incredible power to, to actually do something incredibly amazing with our lives. Now, listen to this and see what you think of this. And this might ring true with some of you. If we were to change our thoughts from, you know, I really feel sad all the time and I want to be happy. I feel unwell and want to be healthy. Have you noticed what I've done there? I feel sad and want to be happy. I feel unwell and want to be healthy. The premise of the thought is, I'm sad and I'm unwell. Yeah? Now, if we were to change it to this, and this is what I wrote, I just, I tried to think, what is a positive declaration? God, this is my prayer. I know that I was created to be at one with you. And in being at one with you, I become one with myself. This is my natural state and is one of well-being and joy. I want to feel the happiness that this brings all the time because it feels so wonderful to be happy. It feels so good to be in a place where I'm connected to God and feel the joy and the love that comes from being in alignment with him. I will now sit back, tune in, and watch it unfold. It's quite a different prayer, isn't it? What you're saying is, everything that I desire and want is already a reality. I'm now choosing and setting my intent to tune in and watch it unfold. Does that make sense? Next, where are we? So, it's interesting that Anth would preach on prayer on Wednesday because this little part of of my talk is also about prayer. Now, he said something very, very interesting. He said, it, you know, it's prayer. It's not so much what it's saying about us. It's more about what it's saying about God. And more often than not, I'll be really honest with you. I don't think prayer says a lot of good things about God. I think prayer is real. 
I think, I think it's asking, to be honest with you. I think we ask, right? A lot of different interpretations of what people believe prayer means, but it actually, more often than not, reveals God to be quite a harsh, quite cruel being because somehow it comes out of this sense of begging that almost God hasn't actually fulfilled his promises, that actually everything in scripture says that he's actually already completed. Do you hear where I'm coming from? I want this to inspire you. Prayer is okay, like Anne said on Wednesday, but I think that we need to get to a point where we truly understand what it is that we're putting out when we're actually asking, right? Now, when do we pray? All the time. When do we generally, though, I want you to, I want you to slim it down because we are praying all the time because we're asking all the time. Think of prayer in its, um, what do you call it when you're like, your, its typical viewpoint, it's um, what people would normally say prayer is. Right, in crisis, yeah. So generally when we think of prayer, we think of it's when we haven't got something and we want something, we're struggling, so we present our request. Would you agree that that's kind of the, 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 the typical narrative of the word prayer, right? Crisis driven. But here's the problem. What we find is we say, we pray for something that we want, so i.e. I want to be happy or I want financial prosperity or I want my family to be okay or whatever. But when you actually look at the sponsoring thought behind why you are asking, you're actually saying you don't have it. Would you agree? So the sponsoring thought of what we ask for is actually saying, I come to you, God, out of a place of lack, not out of a place of wellness and actually believing that before anything I ask or think it shall be done. Is this making sense? Now, please do not see this as a criticism for anybody who prays. I know Anne had to keep saying this on Wednesday. Sometimes we're only giving you, remember, a, 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 a small cut of things that we discuss and we talk about. What I am saying is I'm encouraging you that if we can get to the point where what we ask is actually in alignment with the belief that it's already done, maybe, just maybe, we'd actually start to see things manifest if we really truly believe that God is a man of his word, right? So how about we try this? Ask, imagine having it, pretend it is already there, now, some of you will think that's bad. Pretend it's already there, okay? Allow our thoughts to connect to the joy of what having it makes you feel like, right? And then put yourselves in a place where we might just might experience what it is that we ask for. Again, let me just throw in here. That doesn't necessarily mean that the physical manifestation of what it is that you think you want will necessarily change, but the well-being and the centeredness and the belief about what we see about a situation will completely change. And actually, the thing that you thought was a problem no longer becomes a problem because the premise from which you view it is now in alignment with what God says is the truth about the situation. Make sense? Now, back to frequencies. You can't pray for something whilst predominantly focusing on the absence of it and expect to see it revealed. Now again, there are lots of dynamics and I know lots of people in here have struggled with certain things, we all have, but I'm just trying to look a little bit more in detail about maybe why sometimes these things occur. Absence, presence, are not on the same frequency you are aware. The words are completely polar opposite. So if we believe that there is an absence of something, to actually experience the presence of it, we're on completely different sides, all right? Jesus said something quite interesting. Do you believe I am able to do this? Do you believe I am able to do this? And he also says something else. He says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Now again, Hear me when I say this, 
we've, we were often taught by these mega preachers and, uh, you know, awful, that somehow, like, you were to blame and you should be punished for the fact that you didn't see manifest what you wanted, right? Now, I am not saying that, but I am saying that maybe we haven't given faith quite enough um, weight. I think maybe we've got to the point where we haven't realized God's prayer language, um, love language is faith. That was right, wasn't it? I'm quoting it right. It's faith. So maybe, just maybe, we need to get back to the point where we actually realize the power of what faith can actually achieve. You know when you have faith something, for, for something in your life, what that makes you feel like. It makes you feel inspired. It makes you feel hungry to see what's going to be revealed. And I believe that Jesus was saying, Do you, are you willing to tap into the frequency that I'm on right now and see what is readily available for you to experience right now? Does that make sense? Has he got, oh, bless him. <laughs> now, just like to say at this point, I don't believe that we can change other people's lives but I do believe that we can inspire people to connect with something greater than themselves by watching what we've connected with. And I want to declare now, as an inspiration from my, my vibration to Jamie, that Jamie will receive something absolutely incredible and be aware, be aware of where he stands and in where he stands, knowing that this is not what he truly wants and knows that this is not really him, he will somehow be inspired to tune into a different frequency that reveals the kingdom of heaven that is within him. The kingdom of heaven that lies within him that says that joy, well-being, slate wiped clean, peace, goodness, grace, forgiveness, mercy, all of those qualities will become an absolute physical manifestation in his very being from this moment, God, that I ask that he will be inspired to realize that the life he can live is more than what he has become. And that he will decide right now, right now to pick up on an inspiring thought that says things can be different. I ask it right now that it will be a manifest reality in Jesus' name. Yeah. Right. Now, nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Nothing. But would some of you agree that sometimes it feels like we're miles away? Yeah? Sometimes it feels you're miles away. He's not separated from you. And you're not actually separated from it. You're just actually on a different wavelength to it. Now, we do things that hinder that connection, but God is always fully available to us. The question is, do we really want to tune into all that he has made available to us? Can we walk on water or not? Can our faith make us well or not? I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm allowing you to have a think. Take it away. Have a bit of a play with it and see what you come up with. I would like to say yes. I would. Because either the story is just a story to make us... And if it really is just a story that's been made up, then the person who wrote it, is really quite nasty because what they've done is they've made you think that somehow something's available to you that actually isn't. I don't believe that. I actually believe it is available to us. And I believe it's there waiting for us to grasp. I think it's incredible. There's a scripture in Romans 12 verse 2. I'm nearly done. That says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is it true that the world influences our thinking you only need to watch the news for five minutes. That sickness, lack, unhappiness, and depression are the norm of society. How has that become normal? Somebody tell me. How has it become the norm of our existence? There's nothing, there's nothing normal about that. You probably say, but it is normal. I suppose you could say a norm is anything that's um, popular, okay? Or, or becomes socially sort of normal. Um, but you see, God's kingdom has a different normality, right? And this is God's kingdom normality. It's well-being, it's love, it's joy, it's grace, it's kindness, it's mercy. Now, 
If we would get our minds transformed to believe that that is the norm, get this. The thin place that we talk about wouldn't be so thin after all, would it? It's only a thin place at the minute, and if you haven't heard the thin place saying before, is it from the Buddhists or is it from the Celts? The Celtic Christians said that there's a thin place where people can get into Once you get into it, that's when you start to see all these incredible things manifest. How about that the only reason why that thin place is a thin place is because of how our minds have been conditioned? What if actually it's not really a thin place at all? What if it's a vast, wide open space that is actually normal? It says you fenced yourselves in by the, by the smallness of your minds, it says. It's there for us. I hope this is encouraging you. This, is, this should be inspiring us to get more, not less, okay? Another point I'd just quickly like to throw in here. Um, just a thought. Jesus heals a man and he says, go and tell no one. Have you ever thought that maybe Jesus didn't want the others around him somehow convincing him that what he'd experienced wasn't true. So he has this incredible experience where he gets healed. Then all of a sudden Jesus says, don't go tell anyone. We think, well, why wouldn't we want him to go and tell everybody? You know, that's a really good thing that's happened. Because what if... Him uniting with what Christ said was possible for his life, he then goes back into his circle of friends and all of a sudden they're going, well, that can't be true. That doesn't happen everywhere else. This, you know, it's, it's, it's witchcraft, it's witchcraft. It can't happen, blah, blah, blah. What then happens? Potentially, he slips back to how he was before because he is convinced that actually what he just experienced is no longer true. Think about that. Here's a couple of scriptures for you that I think are incredible, just to back up some of the things that are being said. 2 Peter 1, 3 says this, according to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Let me throw out this point. Should there be something different about us? Should there? I think they should. Now, paradoxically, yes, we still are in, the, in life and we still have things that come to us and things that we have to deal with on the basis of that. But reading the message, what does it say? You are in this world, but not of it, right? Now, that doesn't mean that the people out there are bad like we were taught when we were growing up, right? It just means that in here, we are not, we are not of what they say is the normality. We are kingdom subjects. Does that make sense? We are kingdom subjects. We can be guilty of living in a constant state of trying to get God to do something. You know, we beg God for bring us revival, healing, all of these things, when actually, maybe, like it says in the scripture, he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Maybe we just need a little bit more knowledge of what Jesus said the Father looks like. Is this inspiring you? I hope it is. I really hope it is. Because the thing is, I have to go away and I have to think exactly the same thing. Yeah? Here's another scripture for you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So what's it saying? You already have all the spiritual blessings that you need. So actually... Waiting on God to do it is pretty counterproductive because God says, you have received every spiritual blessing that you need, right? You see, we start often from the position of this. We're sick, so we'll take the doctor's report and the pain in our bodies and say, I'm sick, God, will you heal me? When you start to get a cold, what's the first thing we do? Oh, I'm definitely coming down with something. Don't we? So what do we do? We start declaring what is rather than saying everything that's good in the kingdom of heaven is available to me right now. Don't we? It's what we declare. So we should be declaring by his stripes I am healed. I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling within me. 
These are all things that become our... It says we have the weapons. These are our weapons. So, look at this point here. Next one. This is a great point. We start moving towards victory instead of coming from victory. Yeah? So we think we've got to get to it rather than knowing that we're already coming from it. Now, we are supposed to be representations of the kingdom and all that it offers. Something that I often don't do. And yet we spend more time asking for things rather than trusting what's already been done. Now here's a laugh here. I had to put this slide up. <laughs> what did Jesus say? His last words. It is finished. And yet he, do you know how it says he's sat at the right hand of the Father? That's what he's doing. You're allowed to laugh, it's fine. That's what he's doing. Oh, come on. Because he's thinking, I'm now sat at the right hand of the Father doing what? Nothing. Actually nothing. Because what they're doing is now, God and himself, Jesus and the Spirit are all resting in that finished work. You see, God, Jesus and the Spirit get that it's finished. They get it. Jesus then comes along to try and tell us, okay, so we knew it was finished right from the foundation of the earth, but you guys have really completely lost the plot, so I'll come and show you the lengths that I'll go. So here we are. Why did I get on a cross? In effect, if all we're ever going to do is go around in circles, not thinking that anything's actually been done for us or revealed to us, then to some degree it becomes almost a bit of a waste of time, but we know it wasn't. What Jesus did on that cross is far greater and more incredible and more powerful than any of us really get yet. And I still believe that. I believe it is huge what happened. And I'm not fully there on my whole process of thought, but I know that it was incredible and I think that it's, it's awesome. Now, two more scriptures and then we're done. Right, Philippians 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When do we say thank you? When something's been done for you. It's after an event, isn't it? It's not before, okay? But here we are being challenged to say thank you as we're presenting our requests to God, which is interesting, wasn't it? Because thank you follows. Am I not right? If Margaret was to give me something now, I would say thank you, right? Before you'd given me it, I'd probably say please. If I was to say thank you before she'd even walked across the image, she'd be like, what are you saying thank you for? I haven't given you anything. But here we are being said, present your requests request by saying thank you. Exactly. It shows that we expect it because saying thank you means that you already have it. Now, here's the most exciting part of my preach. And I text my dad the other day saying this. I am using a scripture from Philemon or Philemon or Philemon or whatever you want to call him. And texted back and said, weirdo. <laughs> must be, is it one of the smallest, shortest books in the Bible? It must be, right. Now, what's amazing, right, is this is actually, to me, the most incredible scripture for what I would like to present, right? Coming the whole journey that we've come to get here, right? I pray that your partnership with us in the what may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. I haven't read that before. I think it's pretty impressive. Words to look at. Partnership. Faith. Effective. Deepening. Understanding. Good. Christ. Seven incredible words within that passage. Our aim here at the Rock of York should be one of partnering together in faith, 
hope in the substance of things not yet seen, but just because you can't see them doesn't mean that they're not there. And deepening our understanding of every good thing that exists if we'll only accept that it is finished. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm going to see if we can get a, even a bit more inspired. <laughs> our aim here at the Rock of York should be one of partnering together in faith Hope in the substance of things not yet seen, even though they're already there, we just don't see them. And deepening our understanding of every good thing that exists, if only we will accept it. I think that that's pretty awesome. So here's my conclusion, and you've been very patient, and I really hope that this has done something for you. I really hope it has. Why do you think Jesus prayed all the time? He understood the importance of aligning himself with his father. Do you know, it says he was tempted in every way as we are. So why did he pray for crying out loud? He prayed because he knew that what the world was potentially tempting him to be was out of whack with actually all of the incredible well-being and goodness that the father said was available to him. So here is the challenge. If you don't like where you are tonight and what you feel, then are you going to tap in to God FM? Because God's not going to force you. Are you going to tap into God FM? He's playing alongside where you are. Just a little switch. And then gradually over time, you will begin to align yourself with what you are hearing. It's incredible. So... Can I have the last slide? Right, here we go. I believe this is a great challenge, and I am, this is for everybody. You don't have to do it, but I think it's a real good thing to try, okay? Can we, for five minutes before we go to sleep on a night, for seven days, seven days, if you want to carry on after that, you can. I'm setting you a challenge. For seven days... Can you go to bed and before you go to sleep, lay aside anxiety? You're like, well, I can't do that because there's so much going on. Here's what you do. Remember, the more you focus on the lack, the more you will see lack. So here's what we do. We change our focus by first saying thank you. Remember, we've already got it. We declare our thankfulness to God. We declare the goodness that exists all around us. Be be specific. Thank God for your duvet. Thank God for your cat. Thank God for your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner. Thank God for the warmth that you are experiencing. Thank God for your work. Thank God for the fact that you don't have a job but another one's coming. Thank God. Thank, Thank God for everything. Everything. Because you will find that in being thankful for it, your focus will be on the goodness of what you've just been thankful for. So what you thought was a problem, you're no longer looking at anyway because you're actually focusing on what's good in your life. Does that make sense? Okay? Sounds easy. So we go to sleep. Now what's interesting about this, just quickly, when you are asleep, do you know people who don't sleep or struggle to sleep are people who stay on a high vibration? constantly going, when actually the vibration when we go to sleep is supposed to lower in order to revive ourselves, so when we get up, we're ready to go again, right? What you do is in setting a a tone of thankfulness, you calm your mind. You say thank you, and you sleep. You sleep, okay? But this is what you do when your alarm goes off. You don't get straight out of bed. You do exactly the same thing. You sit up before you even go get your cup of tea or your cup of coffee and you declare how thankful you are for what it is you have or maybe what you don't have but you're still thankful for it because remember, we're grateful for all that is around us. Now, once we've done that, remember we're going to do this for seven days if you want to, we have basically set our intent of what it is that we desire to see. You're already starting out your day with a, with a vibration that says, it is well with my soul. 
So that's your frequency. Now, what did I say earlier about if you're on a certain frequency, what happens? Like attracts like. If you give out lack, lack comes back. If you give out goodness, it comes back. So if you've already set your frequency to positivity on the morning, what should happen? Everything you see around you will somehow be great. And if it happens that a frequency contradicts that, do you know what you have to do? Find the good in it. Find the good in it. You're not on that frequency, but still find the good in it. You know, if we spent more time when something upset us, looking at the thing and saying, but what can I find that's wonderful about that situation? We'd probably find that we lived much more at peace with ourselves. Now again, I haven't got this together, I'm telling you now. This is something that I would like to happen, and I'm going to take it away and challenge myself with it as well. Now, here's another challenge in closing. Social media. It's amazing and hideous at the same time. Would you all agree? Yes. It has transformed our world. Jenny was saying at the beginning, it's interesting, I can't believe you were talking about the whole thing of technology and all of that. It has transformed the world that we live in. It has made it that we can get the message out that we're teaching here all the way to Timbuktu. But at the same time, I can slay to someone in Timbuktu if I desire. So goodness... The little wavelengths sizzling around with amazing things. Love you. Happy birthday. You're amazing. You look fab to, you know, I hope you rot. Such contrast, isn't it? So here's the thing. Social media this week. Every tweet, every Instagram, every Facebook, every YouTube, every Google Plus, whatever it is that you are interface that you're on, is only going to be an expression of goodness and of life, not of lack not of need, it's only going to be an expression of that which we already have and that we desire to see a reality within our lives. Shall we try? Shall we just try? See what your world feels like. And you know what I would really like? If you have an experience that's incredible and you think, I did this when I woke up and I set this and then something happened that I've never seen happen before. Facebook it, tag us in it, let us know. Let's get talking about these wonderful, incredible experiences because and I get involved in it as well and I'm guilty of it. We end up so um, bombarded with all of the struggles and the issues of differing opinions and all of that that we actually fail to realize actually the beauty that's going on around us. And I want that to be the thing that we experience. So... Is that okay? I'm done. I'm sorry, I've gone on. I've gone on. But you have to finish what you have to finish, and, and I feel like I'm done. And I, and I really do hope that that has inspired you to think differently. Read your Gospels, and you will see that Jesus is saying this to people all the time. Like I said earlier on, Jesus was brought on the scene, and it was massively challenging to people. It was massively challenging. You know, I'm so grateful that the grace and the forgiveness and the kindness of, of our Father is there. And I now want that to be a manifest reality in, in how we see others and how we see ourselves and the people around us. So I'm done. Anth, come and say something to finish off. Sure. All right, thank you. All right, we're about done. The burgers are awaiting. You are blessed. Okay? You are. Okay, so, so what Joel's really saying is that all that other stuff that's telling you you're not and you can't and it won't, Move it out the way. Because if you want to believe the Bible, if you want to believe the real God of heaven, if you want to believe Jesus, he says you already are blessed. So receive it, live in it. Joel gives some good practical advice for this week. So participate in it and be thankful always. All right, so enjoy your burgers. Thanks for being here. We love you. All right. <laughs>